0: Good evening. Tonight I'd like to talk about motivation and new habits and practices to get you feeling better. Some sections of this were taken from a response I gave to someone who was working long hours, six days a week, at a demanding job, and all the while gaining weight, feeling sluggish, and so unmotivated they felt powerless to do anything about it. This is a relevant topic for me because in recent years I've struggled with motivation, Having recently started up this mooncast and YouTube channel, all the logistics that go along with that, creating new social accounts, yeah, 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 all that mess. It's a ton of work. And a year ago, I would have never thought I could do all this. The Thing is, once I stopped procrastinating and stopped thinking about how long everything was going to take, how much work it was going to be, how much commitment and what a time suck it would be, and once I actually started working, Everything has been smooth sailing since. I have a sense of momentum now, and almost always wake up ready to tackle my tasks. And believe me, it's been a long time coming. I thought about this for a while now, but the motivation factor and lack of creative drive always prevented me from starting. For someone who's normally creative and productive most of the time, these last few years have been increasingly difficult because the less I did, the worse I felt, not only because of precious time slipping by, Or I could be doing something, but also because I'm the type of person who needs creative outlet to stay sane. So the last few years were not good, to say the least. Usually when we're in a bad mood or feeling blue, the motivation to do anything just isn't there. And if you're really depressed, you don't even feel like getting out of bed or eating, even if you're hungry. At that point, doing anything is a chore, and you just can't find the energy to do anything. First of all, You have to eat. What you put in your body will affect how you feel. So if you're not eating, you need to start. And if you're eating junk food or fast food all the time, you flat out need to stop. Or at least cut way, way back. Fast food once a month would seem reasonable if you're eating it all the time now, but much less than that is actually ideal. Only a few times a year is better. But you don't have to do this overnight either. Just start cutting back. If you're putting garbage food in your face, you'll feel like garbage as a result. let garbage, feel better. And I realize how addicted to certain food people have become and that it may be a challenge to give it up. That's actually the goal of processed food companies, so if you keep buying their products. They engineer it to be that way, hence all the chemicals. And I'm not immune to this either. I struggle not to gorge once in a while. My favorite sugary food is ice cream. And oh man, I love ice cream. Now, I don't go all in once a week or once a month. It's more like once every few months. I'll go through this phase where I'm just craving it all the time. And I seriously have to force myself to not go in and buy a pint or two when I'm walking by a store. And as with most addictions, once the craving passes, I'm fine. That's not to say I never buy ice cream when I'm craving it. I totally do. But I try to always practice moderation, moderation, moderation. The interesting thing about getting off junk food is, after a few months, you actually noticed your taste buds change. Like now, if I have cookies or a piece of cake, I notice sometimes it's just too sweet, and I don't enjoy it as much as I would have a few years ago. I found this happening with a lot of sweet stuff. Another interesting thing I noticed is I enjoy more food I didn't really like much from years ago. Things that may have tasted bland or not been that tasty more often taste awesome now. So your taste buds definitely change too. Also, you're not feeding your body and brain with all those chemically induced mouthgasms from junk food. You just don't crave it as often anymore. And obviously the best benefit here is that you begin to feel better. So the first thing you should do stop eating garbage, start eating actual food. I'm not saying you have to start by radically changing your diet overnight either. Start with one healthy meal, a few healthy snacks, and a smoothie a day, and then go up from there. Make note of the things you enjoy so you can have them again, share them with your friends, and share them with me. Also, if you know someone who's a chef or enjoys cooking, hang out with them or ask them what they like to cook for healthy meals. One of my good friends is a chef who I lived with for a time, and I learned a ton of tricks to making food taste better just by proximity. Being around him and watching him cook. My Thanksgivings are awesome now because of the way he showed me how to cook a bird. Make a list of the types of fruits and vegetables you like or can tolerate if you dislike them. And start eating them regularly. Also try new ones you've never had before. You may discover a new favorite food that's good for you. If you can't stand them, mix them up in a smoothie a few times a day and just slam it down quickly. Simple, simple. No one ever said health was all ecstasy and pleasure, but it's not all bitter drinks and boring, bland food either. With smoothies, it's just a matter of finding the right ratios, and there are a slew of good recipes all over the net, so the work is already done for you. Smoothies are awesome anyway because they're quick and convenient, so it's totally possible to find healthy mixes and healthy food you enjoy eating. And I'm not saying you have to eat fruits and vegetables exclusively either. Just stop the Mickey D's, Burger King, Wendy's, Taco Bell, frozen dinners, processed meats, you know, chemical garbage food. You can certainly still eat meat, chicken, fish, etc. Just try to avoid the processed crap as much as possible. Obviously, red meat and pork is best in moderation, as any doctor will now tell you. Eating less meat is also much better for the planet as a whole, if you care. You might think less meat would be impossible if you eat it every day. But again, once you start a habit of not eating it as much, your brain adapts, and you actually enjoy it and savor it much more on the days you do have it. At least that's how it's worked out for me. Another thing to do is look up superfoods. Make a list of all the types that look appealing to you and start eating them regularly. Again, grab new things you've never had before and you might find a new favorite superfood. Explore, experiment, try new things. One of my favorites is oatmeal, blueberries, strawberries mixed with a bunch of chia seeds and honey. Awesome. I also find it mystifying how seldom diet is brought up when referring to people's moods and well-being, even by doctors. A lot of people don't even know that nutrition isn't taught in med school. The one thing that can prevent bad health and disease isn't part of standard education for doctors. I was kind of blown away when I found that out years ago. In our pill-centric society, medication is always the first recommendation when it actually should be the last option when all else fails. I'm not against medication by any means. Drugs have definitely been beneficial to me. But it shouldn't be the only option or the dominant option. The next thing you need to start doing is exercising. I know, I know. Just like no one wants to be told to eat better, no one wants to hear about exercising either. But believe me, this will help you feel better. It'll give you more energy and put you in a better mood. Find something to do once in a while, even if it's a series of push-ups and sit-ups and lifting some weights or even yoga. If you don't have weights, use something laying around your house with a little weight to it and do lifts, squats, or curls with it. Don't overexert yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Start small and work your way up. You could go for a 15-minute jog or even a half-hour walk if you have bad knees and can't run. Just do something to get your blood flowing and heart pumping. You don't have to start by becoming an exercise master. The important thing is you just have to start something and stick to it and let the momentum and routine push you forward. If It seems impossible or unlikely thing for you to start, just apply what I call the one thing at a time principle. Don't think about all the exercise you're now going to have to do. Don't think about all the sit-ups, or all the push-ups, or the jog around the neighborhood, or any of it. Think of it as starting one little thing, and then just go and start doing it. Then once you actually start, you'll see it's not so bad, and before you know it, you'll be done. And when you finish, you'll feel so much better about yourself for doing it. No matter how small of a workout, it's important you actually do it. If you set a time to start, stick to that time, even if you really don't feel like it that day. The bonus on days like these is that when you finish, you'll be twice as proud and feel twice as good for overcoming your sluggish ways and slacker mentality. Exercise also has another bonus in that what we do physically influences the mental. This is the essence of things like power poses, where putting your body in certain positions will actually give you more confidence and make you feel better. Likewise, when you exercise, It not only makes you feel better physically, it positively influences your psyche and mental state. This is why some motivational speakers advocate rapid breathing exercises every day when you wake up. It gets your blood pumping, puts your body in an active state, and gets you in a positive mental state ready to take on the day. Exercise. Do it. This ties in with the next thing you should adopt, which is meditation. The point here is to quiet your mind and sit with your breath and only your breath. Find a quiet room or put headphones on with a soothing soundscape and just focus on your breathing, inhaling and exhaling. might seem silly if you've never done this, but this has been one of the most transformative practices I've ever started. Do not discount or overlook this practice. You can do it first thing when you rise, on your lunch break, or when you get home from work or school or all three. This will obviously come easier to some than others, just keep at it. After years of our brain's preconditioned to be going a million miles an hour every second of every day, our thoughts will inevitably wander and invade the quiet space you're attempting to create. When they do, don't get frustrated or angry, don't judge yourself, and don't give up. Just bring your focus back to your breathing. You'll likely have to do this over and over during the first few weeks, but in time, you should be able to quiet your mind and just sit in silence, holding your focus on your breath. Start at 10-minute sessions and work your way up from there, depending on preference. If you're interested in trying something a bit different with similar effects, I'd recommend box breathing. This is a technique I heard about from the author Aidan Wachter, and he actually learned about it from a Navy SEAL guy named Mark Devine. Apparently, SEALs use different breathing techniques to curb their adrenaline in high-stress situations and whatnot. Box breathing is similar to meditation in that you get in a comfortable sitting position in a quiet room, close your eyes, and just focus on your breathing for a few minutes. How box breathing differs from regular meditation is the inhaling and exhaling. In box breathing, you inhale for a duration, hold for a duration, exhale for a duration, hold for a duration, for a duration repeat. Imagine those four steps drawn like a square, inhale, hold, exhale, hold, hence box breathing. In box breathing, the four steps are usually represented by the number of seconds for each step. So, five, 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 five box breathing technique would go inhale for five seconds, hold for five seconds, exhale for five seconds, hold for five seconds, repeat. You can do any lengths you want, or you're comfortable with, obviously. You can do really long or really short intervals, or you can mix them up. Depending on the duration of your breaths and holds, it can be more intense or very relaxing. Play around and see how these work for you. There are all kinds of YouTube videos with box breathing soundscapes and guided meditation to help you concentrate better and make it easier to follow your breaths and holds without having to actually count in your head. I personally couldn't find any I really liked because they were so awfully made and distracting, so I whipped up a few box breathing soundscapes myself a while back that I'll put up on my YouTube channel for anyone interested. Whereas meditation can be done once or twice a day for 15, 20, or 30-minute intervals, box breathing is generally more effective when done multiple times a day with shorter durations. So a few times a day for 5 to 10 minutes each is ideal. If you'd like to dig deeper into meditation and other exercises, I highly recommend picking up a book called Meditation, The Complete Guide. This is the first meditation book I ever read, and I still read it and recommend it today. And it's not just meditation techniques. It has so much more beneficial stuff. There is a ton of useful info in that book. You can get it for like five or ten bucks off eBay, I'm pretty sure, or see if your library has it. And as a side note, if they don't have it, ask if they can get it through interlibrary loan. That's basically when they look outside their library system at college or institutional libraries they can access and get books from. It takes a little longer, but it's a great option a lot of people don't even know exists. And I'll put that book title in the YouTube description and on the Reddit recommendations page for reference. Another thing to consider is habit. Once we get into a habit, it isn't as easy to change, but that doesn't mean it's impossible either. Just like the human brain, our habits are vulnerable to neuroplasticity. That means whatever we think and whatever we do gets easier and easier the more we do it. As you can imagine, this is both good and bad because the more you lay around and think negatively about your lack of motivation, the more you will be reinforcing. On the other hand, the minute you get up and break the negative loop, the better off you'll be for tomorrow. Just like diet and meditation... This won't bring instantaneous results, but it will get you moving in the right direction and help in the long run. So once you actually start something, it will be easier to do it the following day, and easier the day after that, and so on. Once you start eating better, once you start exercising, once you start meditating, it will all get easier the more you do it. And positive results will inevitably follow. Creating new desired habits to smash and replace the old, unwanted ones is key. Any new habits you wish to have, just start doing them. Start small if you must, but start. Regarding the actual doing, actual tasks at hand, most of the time all we need to do is simply begin a task and the brain will want to finish it by default in a way similar to seeking closure. So if you're looking at a sink full of dishes or a messy room, apply the one thing at a time principle and just start by doing a few dishes or cleaning up one small section of the room. You may surprise yourself to discover once you actually start a task and just get moving, you may actually finish it without thinking twice about it. And if not, and you stop mid-task, don't worry about it. Just tackle another small piece again in a little while. No big deal. Small steps are better than doing nothing at all. For me personally, it's usually starting the tasks I find most difficult, but then once I'm going, I get momentum up and keep plowing forward. This is sometimes the important bit. You have to start moving, start doing, start taking some action, and then the motivation will likely propel you forward. The first step of getting off your ass and just starting the damn task is what you have to solidify in your mind as an absolute necessity. The second step is doing it. Something else that helps me get motivated is reminding myself of the short time I have in this life. While this may be insignificant to someone who's really depressed, Just imagine yourself as an elderly person looking back on this present moment and how differently you will see things then. Think of how you'll be wishing you had done more and lived your life more fully, not letting something like the lack of motivation cripple your happiness and your ability to live life when you were in your prime. I'm not sure you've ever seen or heard about the deathbed confessions from elderly folks, but the most common regret by people at the end of their lives isn't about the things they did, It's almost unilaterally all about regretting the things they didn't do. Put that into perspective the next time you're not living your life to the fullest. Do you want to end up feeling like that when you get to the end of your life? And also, who's to say we will even live to be that old? For some of us, our day may be tomorrow, or next month, or next year. I have a dozen friends who died much earlier than any of us ever expected. It sucks. You never really know though, so it's a good policy to try and make every single day count for something. Another thing that could get you motivated or feeling better could be triggers or things you know have previously inspired you or helped your mood. These can be very simple things from certain music that gets you pumped to listening to a certain motivational speaker once a day. Perhaps it's watching or reading about some kind of hobby or a certain subject that makes you feel inspired. I find when I read new books, I often get new ideas from the information, and these ideas may lead to a new creative outlet. As you move along in life, when you notice certain things like this, take note of them and remember them from when you're feeling down or uninspired. Sometimes a simple thing like putting on the right album can boost your mood enough to make your day worth living. So these are only a few suggestions. There are certainly more I'll likely cover in the future. If after six months of trying the aforementioned, you still can't seem to get out of the rut you're in, I'd say see a doctor. Perhaps you're mildly or moderately depressed, who knows. Or perhaps you even have some sort of deficiency that can be easily remedied. It happens, especially when we're not exercising or eating a little better especially when we work nine to five jobs day in and day out with no existential reason for actually being alive than to work, pay rent, sleep in the rented place, work, pay rent, rinse, repeat. Some people are content with that life. Many of us need more. Many of us seek purpose elsewhere. Once you get motivation and momentum again, you might find your purpose. I hope you do. And I hope this has helped you in some way. Good luck out there. Night, guys.